0: The Press Box is here to catch you up on the latest media stories. Hosted by Brian Curtis and David Shoemaker, these guys have the insight on the biggest stories you care about. Check out The Press Box on Spotify or wherever you get your
1: podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A T L A S S I A N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more.
2: You reuse.
1: Yo, man.
3: Hi everyone, welcome to Writer's House on Ringer SC. Hope you're all safe and well, especially with what's going on at the moment. Hopefully, today we can provide a bit of a distraction. We're going to talk about penalties. We're going to give flowers to Marcelo Bielsa, as well as Christian Eriksen on his return to football. And we'll touch a little bit on the vibe around Manchester United and Arsenal as they chase top four. And my guest, uh, Mr Karl Anker. And Flo lloyd Hughes, how are you doing, ladies and gents? Good. Are you good, Flo?
0: I'm all right. There's a tube strike in London, so Uh-oh. I had to drive my girlfriend to her work, which Uh-oh. was interesting, but you know. What, well, I'm Carlton.
3: Carlton! <laughs> I'm
2: good. <laughs> I'm good. I found somewhere in Manchester that does Yerba mate, so I feel like the South American Yerba football Matty. players Yerba. just oh, drinking my oh, Yerba
3: What Can you explain what Yerba mate is, please? Because I see Messi with it, and I see Suarez with it, and what, what is it? Is it kind of like some...
2: It's like a herbal, a like a herbal tea that uh, is very popular in Brazil, Argentina, Uruguay, Bolivia, uh, any place in South America where you might have a place that's got altitude. Yerba right. mate is really good okay. for altitude sickness and just settling your stomach. Mm. And, uh, is yeah. it nice? It's really calming, but also it's got loads Ooh. of caffeine in it. So I had some yesterday. Oh, I had some yesterday at nine o'clock. And then I was writing, I got to maybe, you know, I was writing on wait. I haven't had lunch yet and looked at the time it was three o'clock because it just sort of <laughs> completely got rid of my appetite I was like oh this is dangerous I've got to calm down wow. but, uh, you know
3: yeah. what I was going to say to you like, I got something just flashed up um, I think it's my grandson my grandson done, a, done an interview for the, for the Times and uh, <laughs> and in it he says um, they ask, obviously asked something and he says yeah I'm kind of similar to my similar to my dad but um, I'm a better finisher than my granddad right <laughs>
0: Unbelievable. And I just said, you know the thing is,
3: what people don't, don't realise is that this kind of confidence, this kind of chess, Arnold Schwarzenegger chess, what he's saying it with, is something that I've got no problem with. You know what I mean? We always joke. We always joke about it. And even when we were younger, I remember we used to play football in the kitchen and, and literally I didn't care. I'd let him, He could shoot and do anything he wanted and smash stuff and it weren't a problem. I let him just do all his stuff. But the the confidence is something that when you are in an environment as well, where everybody's in and around the same kind of vibe and the way they play and what they're doing and what they're trying to do, how much they're working, you need something else. Mm. Now I genuinely believe that he believes that. And that is what I need him to be because that's how he's he's got to continue to, he's he's put that out there. He's got to strive to make sure that happens because you know something, when I speak to him, I'm going to say, do you know, that's, that's f- for life now, you know, you might as well tattoo <laughs> that on because that's coming back to you every single time.
0: <laughs> I mean, you've seen, him, you've seen him play. What? How yeah. would you rate his finishing?
3: Um, you know something, what I like about his, his finishing, obviously being a striker, I was, I was in the box more and, you know, you work on more clinical finishing, left foot in there, right foot in there, for head of stuff. But he's clean, he's striking, the way he strikes the ball um, from, from the position he's playing, um, I like it. It's clean. It's clean. It's like when I watched when when I used to watch Sean, Sean could when he struck it, when he caught it clean, it was he caught it really clean. And um DiMaggio does the same thing. But like I always say to him, you you have to be doing more. You have to feel more. You have to be attain trying to attain more. You have to be what is gonna take you to the next level? What's gonna make you stand out? So if he's saying that, then he's gonna be working on that. And that is what I, I, I'm really praying for with him. When I see him, he's going to know about it. You're going to get in the garden,
0: <laughs> and get the plastic goals out, So yeah. here we go. Okay, we go. show right. me now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Here, we, here, we, here we, here <laughs> we go. Foot, right foot, come on. Come yeah, on. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can we just quickly,
3: I just want to touch on on the Carabao Cup because I saw stuff going on in the Carabao Cup, guys, that um, was pure craziness. You know, firstly, obviously, we'll get to the Mendy, but Ariza Bilaga with the Virgil penalty. Because when we used to practice penalties, right, we used to tell the goalkeeper what side you're putting it. So then he was still standing in the middle of the goal, but at least he knows it's going there. So your penalty would have to be precise because he's going to be going that way. And you know, so, you know, it was a much better way to practice penalties. To see Ariza Bilaga (laughs) standing in the corner and Virgil still put it in that corner. And then it's the way that Virgil looked at him afterwards. Like, what the ras... What? <laughs> it was that kind of look and d- it, g- it gave him such a look of disdain. It was, hor- it was, it was horrible.
2: It Virgil, was horrible. He's great at the look of disdain. Uh, oh so my God, he's got a
3: great look of disdain.
2: As well. Ever since he's come back from that knee injury, he, so he, he's never really been tested on that quick swivel to his mm. left. So there was a bit in the Champions League against Inter where Mart Laturo was running at him mm. and you and you sort of like, go on, run at him, run at him, test mm-hmm. him, see if he can run. And you, you could yes. tell you could tell Virgil was beginning to warm up and was giving him the look like, he's I, ready. Dare, like I dare you. I dare you to run at me. And Martin is like, nah, don't fancy it.
3: You know what's good <laughs> what what with Virgil's doing now is obviously getting back to his his, his full powers because he's got it now. Mm. He's he's doing what you said there, Carl. He's doing the we're, 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 we're going then. Try. It's like when we had Leah. Like when Leah was on there, Leah Williamson, she, she said, you know, well, okay, well, go on then, try and take me on. Virgil's got that look and then you'll see forwards, go and then they'll stop and yep. come out and pass it the other way. You know what I mean? And like, like Mendy, the Mendy coming off of AFCON, coming off the penalties, coming off the fact that he's voted the best goalkeeper in the world. Too cool. that's, he that's, slipped up there, man. Fuck. You, you I'm sorry, I'm not taking him out, man. What's Van Gaal? What's Van Gaal doing? Okay, Tim cruel foolishness. Leave Mendy in the goal. You know? If, if I'm going to take a penalty against one of them two, I'd want to take it against Kepa simply because I know that he's a goalkeeper that I believe I can beat. Mendy frightened, Mendy would frighten me. See, that's so,
2: interesting because, you know, the numbers and the stats all say Kepa is the better goalkeeper on penalties. But the way that final was going.
0: Exactly. The way that Mendy had played in that game, mm-hmm. the confidence that he had, the way that he had already prevented Liverpool so many times, yes. pulled off some incredible saves. That would have been in their head. Mm-hmm. That would have, They would have remembered, oh, well, he made that double save early on. He did this, he did that. He's just come off the back of winning the African Cup of Nations. Two of the players he, like, he knows well are in that team too. You know, I feel like that's why... It it fell down a little bit because, like you said, Carl, tactically, you you in some ways can't blame the decision because you think, well, Kepp has done it before; he's proved that he is a specialist penalty saver. But at the same time, the context of the game it didn't work was way swinging towards spending.
3: You know, the the Canate penalty was alongside Timo Werner's probably probably the worst two penalties. Canate's penalty was absolutely perfect uh, for a goalkeeper to save. It was at that nice height. Um, it wasn't nowhere near the um, the side netting. It went in in the it, went, it it was in the middle of the goal, and he got a hand to it. His hand got it to it, and he didn't save it. Mm. That 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 for me was like, oh my god, this isn't going to work out. It's, he should have saved that because that's the that's the reason he's there. You've got to seek out that penalty. Kanate looked to me like I just want to make sure I get this on. And way here into that side of the goal, coming back in towards the goalkeeper's arm. Says to me that he's just trying to take the best penalty he can. He went the right way and still didn't save it. It's a it's, I think that 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 decision cost Chelsea the um the, the 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 game in respects of winning that game.
0: I do want to say. The quality of some of those penalties was oh. sensational. I was, my friend, my friend Liz posted on, and I know she listens to this podcast, so I'm going to out her, but my friend Liz posts on her Instagram close friends about how I think she was sexually attracted to James Milner's penalty. <laughs> <laughs> and I why? replied, why I replied saying, oh my God, some of the bend, some of the bend, and that's mm. why the camera angle, I don't normally like the camera angle this guy chooses. Why weren't they do more, sub- more replays of float? They which,
3: didn't do enough I know, float. I know, I yeah. know, which is, I
0: don't know. Normally, like that one where they go the kind of like FIFA first person route, yeah. but actually for for Sunday it was so good because you saw the bends bend and the, on the swerve. Uh, it was actually it was actually orgasmic. Some of <laughs> those, it nice. was unreal. No,
3: but some of them were awesome. Some of them are awesome. It's like you know what I like. I like looking at people when they when when they when they when they're walking down towards it because you yeah. can't replicate mm. that anywhere else. When they're walking down towards, especially guys, when you have to take the penalty in. The other teams end. Ooh, yeah, that, that's, you know, because all the way down there, you know, we're talking about. Especially it was once a,
0: the, t- take us through it. Was it is sickness? Is it like what? How do you feel? You physically? know what it is.
3: Um, firstly, firstly, what you're doing. The person before, because you know that you know the routine, so you know who's going. So, yep. Flo, you'll have taken yours. So, if I'm, the, I I was the the fifth penalty taker. So, Flo would have taken. Yours. So, if you're the third and you score yours, I know that Carl then has to go and Carl has to score. Because if Carl misses, then I'm scoring It's all I'm, on you. Yeah, yeah, I'm so you're you're thinking all that stuff. So then Carl scores and then let's say they score. So yours yours is to to stay in it. All you're thinking, all you're thinking is I just I just your stomach goes in a in a, a really strange jelly kind of like feeling of butterflies. I don't know when's the last time you guys have had a, a butterfly feeling, mm-hmm. a butterfly feeling of, this is really awkward. And this is where you have to, on that walk, compose yourself by the time you get to the spot. So you're going down there, you've got to blank out the fact that all of them lot want you to miss. Mm. Everybody behind you wants you to score. Everybody behind you know if you miss or saying it's over. Everybody knows if you score, you've won. You know what I mean? There's so much going on which you have to try and focus on like, just taking the best one you can. So what you've got to do is, especially if you're a penalty taker, is you've got to, once you get there, get the ball. It's like when you get a penalty awarded. When they, everybody tried, what they tried to do is put off the referee, make you start thinking about stuff. So you get the ball and you don't do anything until the referee moves everybody. And then you slowly stop, stop, stop. Mm-hmm. Hopefully by then you're so zen, you're hoping the goalkeepers not doing what fucking Kepper was doing coming out and fucking around. You know what I mean? Because that kind of stuff, it can annoy you, right? So it can, it can throw you because he's doing something. Once you've put the ball down, he should be there on the line. So that can throw you as well. So then all you're thinking of and all I thought of was I knew I had three steps. I put the ball down. I, done, I put my, foot next to, my left foot next to the ball and done my three steps back. And I knew exactly where I'm putting it. Goalkeeper's right halfway up the net. If he can get near that, then good luck to him. And then <laughs> bam, you take it. But the, and you went
0: you went same side every time all your penalties. That was
3: my stock penalty, yeah, because okay. I know that if I hit that one properly, he's not saving it. But then what happens with that one is if you catch it too much because the goalkeeper is a Mendy or a Schmeichel, which happened with me at Schmeichel in the Charity Shield, funny enough. Um, you, they're so good, you try to be too precise. It's like mm. it's like Marcus Rashford in in the Euros tried to be so precise. He actually got the goalie the wrong way, but the goalkeeper's so big in Donnarumma that he, he, had to, he was trying to be too precise. And those are the things you've got to not worry about. Because remember, goalie can still go the wrong way. So the main thing is, is to get it inside that, that post, inside halfway up and then bam. You know, so that's the, that's the thing. But like, we can't- If we you're always... listening
0: to Maggio, there's your free workshop, mate. Yeah. Yeah. So. The one thing we couldn't
3: do in training was replicate the walk. But what we would say to the goalkeeper is what way you're going to take it. And that is why I go back to the Virgil van Dyke penalty because I saw Kepa standing in that side. And you know why it didn't make sense him doing that? Because he was so far over that side, Virgil could have easily just rolled it into the left-hand yep. side. He was far too mm. far across. Yeah. You know, I, like I say, it was um, one of those things where I think you know, just being a little bit too clever for your own good
2: there, I think. That's the whole final, basically. Well, just a lot what of players being <laughs> a bit... It was, it was a really nice nil-nil, but there are loads of times so I'm going, what no, about? On the ground, on the
3: ground. <laughs> no, no, but what about Fabinho? What a Fabinho's guy. Penenka. What a guy. What? I just, I don't think I could do a Penenka in that no. situation. I just, I just don't think I could. I used to practice him in in training and it's, it's, I just, I got them wrong a couple of times and stuff like that. You can't practice that in training without the goalkeeper getting the ump and that. But to take a Panenka pen, like that, I think. The only other one I've seen that was amazing. There's two I've seen that I'm thinking, you're you're taking the piss. You're amazing. (laughs) Zidane.
2: He did a World Cup final. (laughs) (laughs) I I know, I know, I know we all talk about, oh, he got sent off on the head, But again, he did a a a Panenka in a World Cup final. final, I know. In his retirement game. Oh my God.
3: And then Perlo's one against England was just like, it was just, if there was, Anybody needed to stamp a little bit of class and this and that on, it was him. He just came up, casually, bam, Panenka, and just ran back. Just like, I've done my, and just, it was, it was a beautiful a little thing. little jog,
0: just a little jog. Just
3: a beautiful thing.
1: This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with $25,000 Tons of other multi care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit lube.com.
3: So, Bielsa's gone. I've got to say, he'll be sorely missed. And what his football was and what leads were when he took them over. Um, I'm 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 kind of gutted for Leeds because I wanted I wanted him to have more, but we know that he signs one year contracts. He's not holding clubs to ransom in respect of um. Okay, well I'm going, but you're gonna have to pay me all this. You know what I mean? He comes in and like what was it? I saw it, Where is it? when he went to Marseille, Lazio, Lille. All of them fell out with the, the the hierarchy and because of what he does and how he is and how the fact that he's a different kind of person.
2: I remember Musa talking on a previous podcast about how he feels like one of the great philosophers that used to always walk around the village at the same time of day. So that's how you could set your watch. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Bielsa's here. It must be 4.15. And he, there are so many great stories about Bielsa. He's one of those great custodians of football who basically believes that if you properly hand yourself over to this sport, you can achieve great things. Mm. And no, let me say that you can achieve good things. He is someone who doesn't necessarily aspire for greatness, but aspires for goodness. He sees mm. the good in players that have been dismissed before. You know, the the statement from Calvin Phillips when he left was mm. basically, "Thank you, Marcello. you you showed me things about myself that I didn't know." Wow! Um, and I remember he gave a he gave a he gave a speech like a, a coaching thing, and he said, "A lot of football is about." failure essentially you get to a place where you say this team isn't good enough i need to get a better football player in Mm. Um, but he believed fundamentally he believed that football is about finding solutions and if you don't if you're always out there trying to find the best football players to solve your problems you're only going to solve problems in a certain way he said there are there are players out here who can very clearly solve your problems if you just show them how to do it yeah and it was that it was more than football to him. It was about teaching. It was about learning. It was about, and the fact he did that at Leeds mm. during the, you know, we talk about doing a Leeds and how Leeds was regarded as uncoachable and how they were never going to mm. come up in the Premier League. You brought the yeah. most stubborn, strangest man in world football. <laughs> yeah. and you, Do you think him... they would
3: have got him if he didn't have all those problems with those other clubs? Because remember they were, champ- they were in the championship and they got a guy, what people are thinking is the Oracle. All that said no, he hasn't won anything. But what you're saying, Carl, makes so much sense about the way he sees and the way he, he coaches. I mean, you think about the you bucket, know? right? Mm. He sits in a I bucket know, during I games know, and I everyone's know.
2: like, why is he doing that? And he goes, well, if you sit at a lower perspective, you have a greater appreciation for the passing angles of your players. He's wow. different. He just views stuff differently. That's why Pochettino, mm. that's why Pep Guardiola, that's why all of these managers all go, mm. you, you spend like six months with him and you learn so much. There's the story about when he was at Marseille and they were doing shooting practice, and he came out with six balls. And i know "What are you doing?" And he goes, "Well, if I give you one ball, if I give you loads of balls, you're going to take stupid shots from 35 yards out, 45 yards out—things you're not going to do in a game. If I give mm. you one ball each, I know all of you are only going to shoot like you would shoot in a game of football." And you're like, "Yeah, yeah." He, yeah. I had a university lecturer that would ask us questions, and he, they would go, "I'm not asking you this question." because I, I necessarily want you to find the correct an answer. I'm asking you this question because I want you to think. Just mm-hmm. think about what this question means. Think about all the words in the sentence. Think about how it's making you feel and think about your background and, and how you come to that. And I think is always like that. He
0: very much sees the whole person and the whole player, yep. not just their ability. Yep.
2: Mm. I saw this brilliant
3: thread on, on Twitter yesterday about um, a lady and her ticket. And Stoke just came down. Leeds were, went to Stoke and that. And it was like she was talking about it, it's like it was a seminal moment, his first game. And how Stoke were favourites to go back up and Leeds were what Leeds were because they've got this new sky that's come in and he's meant to change everything, but yeah, we'll see because it's a it's a championship side. Mid a mid table championship side Leeds were. And I remember I remember the game because I remember it really, really well. It was embarrassing how good Leeds were. And then you're thinking, okay. Now I see why those guys are talking about it. Leeds were, they were like a pinball machine. Everybody was everywhere, moving stuff. And it's like when they came to play Arsenal in the FA Cup last season and we we beat them, we beat them, but I've never seen such a, a hiding. Mm. We took a hiding off of them and what they were doing. It's the same with, when you think of the Spygate, remember this, remember oh explanation? My God, it, was, it was ridiculous. Oh my God. It was, that the was PowerPoint like, the PowerPoint presentation. Oh my God, Flo you know, listening to him unapologetically explain, well, what's the big deal here? I wanted to do this, wanted to see that, wanted to, and we were all up in arms. Oh my God, this is so unsportsmanlike. When he explained it, I was like, Jesus Christ, this man's different. And what I loved about that and how that, why that happened and, and how everybody was, apart from Leeds fans, Leeds fans embraced it and loved it. Because I remember when I was younger, remember it was dirty leads and mm-hmm. everybody hated leads and this kind of gave leads their siege mentality back. Yeah. Well, that's what we do because people see we're dirty leads anyway. And our manager done that. But the way he then explained it, it kind of like took the edge off of everything. And you had to say to yourself, well, we're talking about somebody who's, who's going in differently, man, mm-hmm. deep, you know, and he's somebody that should, as much as like it's, it's ended with the, with, the, with the sack for him, what he's brought to that club and that community is exactly what Leeds needed at th- that particular time. Yep. You know, you're hoping now that it can it can move forward and, you know, Jesse Marsh can kick on and do his stuff. But what, Bielsa, what he's done, I'm sure, is, for the Leeds fans, is going to go down forever. They're going to love him forever. Yeah. Absolutely love him forever. They're, they're already talking he...
2: about putting something in Ellen Road, a, per, a, a, a permanent tribute for him. Wow. You, you consider that you could find, he, you know, he went, he lived in a local area. He, he went to church. Mm. He went to Sunday service. They could find him there. He was he very much like, I'm, I'm at church right now, but I'll, I'll talk to you afterwards. And mm. there were times where he was walking down the street uh, and Leeds fans would call him God. And he'd be very much like, there's only one God. But one God. I, I appreciate, I appreciate your compliments. I hope to see you down on the weekend. And the community work he was doing throughout lockdown as well, which was amazing. There, I think that there was a tweet about some, from someone who said, Bielsa spoke to his dying mum. Over lockdown. Yeah. And he spent yeah. time out of his day in that 110 day break, just calling Leeds fans and going, I hope you're okay. And we hope to be back soon. Um, he's, I oh, I often remember, there's this story from the Copa del Rey final between Pep's Barcelona and Bilbao with Bielsa. And apparently oh. after the game, you know, they, they have a wine and a talk and Bielsa apparently gives Pep Guardiola document. On Barcelona mm-hmm. and she's like look yeah. here's here's basically everything I scouted on your football team right for this final and Pep apparently reads it and just goes what in god's name is this you know my football team better than I know my football team and apparently Bielsa just shrugs and goes doesn't really mean anything you beat us oh just always he's you think about the the intense way he watches football how he he watches an opponent maybe He's watched maybe every single game of every single mm. opponent in the championship during that promotion season at least three times. His analysts and his data team all know they have to watch ninety-minute games constantly. If, if you've got a third-choice keeper in for a game once, he's going to make sure you watch every single game of a third-choice keeper. And it sounds exhausting, right? I can see why, from the outside looking in, you go, "This is way too much work for mm. like a mid, you know, a mid, t- a table championship team or whatever." But Bielsa was very much, if you want to, if you want to get to a higher level, if you want to do something good Mm. and not necessarily Mm. great, but good, if you want to be the Mm. best possible version of yourself, then do the work, do the things that people aren't necessarily able to do, Do, right? It was the the whole thing of, yeah, there are people out there that are going to be richer than you. Yeah. There are going to be people out there that are stronger than you. There are going to be people out there that came from better means. But as long as you have courage and as long as you are willing to put in the work, you can be whatever you want. Look at Calvin Phillips now. Look at Patrick Branford now. These are all players that were written off for ages. And now they're England internationals because Bielsa basically showed them what you can do.
0: Do you think there's a part of him that wishes he'd gone in the summer and wishes he could have gone on his own terms? Because I think that's the sad thing is that he's always in the past been able to kind of be the, the master of his decisions. But to have that, almost made for you I think is, is is a bit of a shame isn't
3: it I, I, yeah but I think I think Flo he probably simply because of the way he's not relented on the fact that I remember watching them against Man United when Man United beat them six mm. um, and kind of like it was one of the, the times where I thought wow that was that was horrible to watch and he's not relented he he, he played exactly the same way so I'm thinking Flo no I, I, I think that if they don't get rid of him, he probably carries on thinking that he can get it. He get could it solve right. the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, we, we we can still go back to the fact that they're missing. I, I think we saw three of them on. The, we saw Calvin Phillips, Patrick Bamford on the sideline, but his, his spine mm. was sitting in the his spine is sitting in the stands. That must have something to do with something because when Calvin Phillips ain't playing, they're 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 just a different team, and Patrick Bamford ain't playing, different team with what he does up top for them closing down you know in scoring the goals he started to score um, then Calvin Phillips in the middle you know dictating play plugging gaps you know it's you know he's missing those players so you're thinking to answer your question well he's thinking no man when these guys come back I'll, I'll, it'll be fine we'll get going again and unfortunately with, with injuries and stuff like that when you're depending it, he ran out of time he ran out of time, but I don't think he would have changed. And I don't think he would have left because I feel he would have wanted to continue to try to get leads out of a kind of freefall they're in.
0: I mean, what what's next, though? What's next? Do you think this is. Do you think he's. Will go into. Into a few years of quiet time and then come back again for another kind of. Yeah, but Another go. Or do you think this is it now, Carl?
2: Bielsa's different. He mm. can just. Like, it wouldn't be. Rem- it wouldn't surprise me if he just lived out the next five years in Leeds doing nothing. (laughs) Just nothing. Just giving, not nothing but like giving lectures in a local university. Like, you know what, fine. Mm. Um, Leeds is nice. He's just bought a new house in the local Mm. area. I can imagine him just staying there. I can also imagine him going back home and just, Disappearing until
0: he's kind of like a monk, isn't he? He's exactly, like a monk got that of the vibe. Yeah. World. you got yeah.
2: to climb the mountain if you're the hero. Yeah, you climb the exactly. mountain and he's there with his white hair going, ah, okay, well, yeah, yeah, made yeah. It.
0: yeah.
3: I'll teach you knowledge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've seen leads playing football matches. You know, you're thinking, my God, this is amazing with players that are ordinary players. You know, just seeing the way that they're playing in the system, how hard they're working in the system when it works how they're just absolutely running over teams, Mm -hmm. running over teams. And you think to yourself, oh my God, is this sustainable? Can they keep doing this? But it was, the point I'm making is, it was unbelievable to watch. And this is why I'm praying that Leeds stay up because I don't want this to end like this for Leeds. I want Bielsa to be the person that brought them back here to the promised land, gave them what they gave him for a while. Okay, he's gone now. And Jesse Marsh, can then take it on and then give them a bit more structure defensively and hopefully going forward, they could like press like the games he wants to play. He's a presser. He wants to press. Want, and then they can stay here because if I'm going to be totally honest, Leeds is a Premier League football club and it's the kind of club that you want to be in the Premier League. I'm not saying that, oh, this one shouldn't be in and that shouldn't be in, but Leeds and what they bring should be here. So I'm hoping that he can come turn that round for them because it's been magnificent up to this point for Leeds. Flowers
2: for Bielsa.
0: Awesome. Well we bought, what what kind of what kind of flowers do we want? We want tulips, we want you know roses. Something? It's true.
3: He should get he should get flowers for what he's brought. I, I think we've got to give him a a massive bunch of flowers. Big a bouquet. Real big, big old bouquet. juicy
0: bouquet.
3: Yeah, massive bouquet. The way he's gone out, he's left something.
0: There's a he's, legacy. And yeah, that's yeah, the most important something.
3: thing. He he de- he deserves a massive bunch of flowers. Um something happened this weekend which was for me, um it made my heart smile simply. Um, because Christian Eriksen came back to play football, and honestly, I, I, I was I was so happy, you know, listening to his interview, listening to him speak, the love he got, everything what happened in that time, for and now he's playing again. You know, it was it was a beautiful thing to see. Fucking it doesn't help that fucking Brentford player got sent off after ten minutes or whatever it was. But I would love to have seen him start that game, but just to see him coming back onto the pitch really made me, uh, something happen. I felt something very warm, you know, I don't know how you guys felt, but like there was a a beautiful thing happened. It's a miracle.
0: It was pretty, yeah, it's It's pretty, it's pretty incredible when you think about what happened, the reports afterwards, how I'm sure, you know, lots of clubs were very nervous about, about signing him. him. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, to, to then work his way back and also for, I think it's amazing, obviously we know that the Danish roots at Brentford are yeah, yeah. A huge and I think it's amazing that they've kind of, you know looked at that and said you know we can give opportunity to a danish mm. footballing icon who's a superstar and has really transformed danish football you know we can give him that opportunity and i really hope he he has a you know good rest of the season with them and so maybe there's a, another contract there for him in the long term but Fingers i crossed. mean what a story anyway mm. even just getting to this point is Absolutely. is incredible
2: amazing so i didn't watch the incident in the euros um i remember telling my friend who didn't react to it in the best way. Just like, you need to go outside, take your shoes off, just go walk in the garden, mm. calm down. And I remember when it was initially announced that he might consider playing to football, coming back to football, I was really quite scared about it. Yeah, But I mean, I don't even need Christian Eriksen to be amazing. I don't need to be Spurs version Eriksen. I need to be mm. into version Eriksen because there's this great American sporting term about when an athlete finally finds their bliss and they're just in a place where they're like, you know what? Every game is means. Every the world. day exactly. I do it, this thing is yeah. just nice. It's yes, blissful. Bro. Yes. And bro. it'd be great if Brentford stay up. Because mm. I want to see more of that team. They 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 do football in a way that that's slightly different. And I think the Premier League's always richer when there's more variety. That
3: kind it. of vibe, isn't it? Yeah. But, but
2: it's also very ruthless. And it's just like, you know what? If Ericsson wants to do this and this makes mm. Ericsson ha- happy, then go for it, my man. Please. Absolutely go for it.
1: S-S-I-A-N dot com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast.
3: So Carl, we've got to talk about Man United because like, you know something, the other day, right guys, is I, I, I said, you know something, Arsenal fans came for me. They, they weren't cooking me. They were just kind of like sizzling, just warming the pan up. Right. But the fact is, is I said, um, listen, Man United, I, I do fancy Man United to be in fourth because Man United have got the firepower to do it. I am not going to put pressure on Arsenal, this young team who I said at the start of the season, I'd be delighted if they could get into top six and uh, nothing's changed. But I'm hearing ex-players and people talking about where well, that's where Arsenal should be in this and that with everything what Arsenal have done for, since Wenger to this point, Mikel is the only one who's come in and he's actually got the shit back on course and now he's got a young team. They've done a lot of sorting out and I, for one, I'm not going to be the person that's going to be there saying, oh, Arsenal should be fourth and Arsenal should be. Arsenal, if they get fourth, I would be ecstatic but Arsenal are on the right path. And that is why you will not hear me talking about Arsenal, um, saying Arsenal are going to finish fourth and why I'd say Man United would. And it's not just because I don't want to put pressure on. It's I genuinely believe that Man United at any stage, for me, Carl, can click into the gear because of the personnel that they have. And Arsenal, you know, we've seen results like we couldn't finish off Burnley. Yes, we dug in there and beat Wolves in the end. But Man United, the amount of chances they're making the fact that they have got so many match winners is why I said that. And I'm not going to change
2: that. Yeah.
0: I'm just, going to, I'm just going to sit back and let you guys handle this one. <laughs> Do you know what I
2: mean, though? This one is weird because we've been here for the last three years, right? Yeah. This is a long running conversation between Arsenal and Manchester United in that Arsenal was very clearly trying to build, you know, trust the process, yeah. up, you know, trying to build a foundation and build a house. Whereas Manchester United are constantly going, when are they going to click? When are they going to click? Which expensive, gonna next. Yeah. which expensive football player is going to do it now? Which expensive football player is going to do it now? And when I'm at the Athletic and I'm you know talking to fans and I'm online and I'm around Old Trafford, something that happens pretty much every February, March time is a fan will go, we need to spend 300 million, 400 million to fix this. Right? And you bear in mind, Manchester United are maybe the most expensively assembled squad in world football. This current wow. squad is maybe wow. the most expensive squad in world football that exists. It, it's top three easy. Right. And you are, we, Manchester United right now have an interim manager. They've got a brand new CEO. We don't know who the the future manager is. Mm. And United fans are saying, Oh, we need another right back. We need another mm. left back. We need, need some, a midfielder, we, obviously. We, we need some. We need a midfielder. We probably need two. And we need another striker. Striker. And, wow. And, and last season, they were saying, we need another right back. We need yeah. a midfielder. We need a right winger. We need a striker. And the year before that, we need this one. We need Fuck this one. You and you're know. going, Man United have spent big money on a striker in 2016 when they brought in Ibra. Mm-hmm. 2017 when they brought in Lukaku. Mm-hmm. They spent big money again in twenty twenty when they brought in Cavani and have bought, mm. spent a lot of money again Ronaldo on Cristiano Ronaldo and we're gonna to get to this summer and they're gonna have to do it again. It's it's at least number three on the priority list, right? And it's that thing of I there have been times when I've watched Arsenal, I'm going, This ain't this is too clever. Arteta is too is a, is a substitute teacher and, and he can be dismissed. Whereas hmm. what Man United are doing, yeah, okay, it's spending a lot of money, but it works in the Premier League because in the Premier League, essentially, money can beat a lot of things. If you look at Newcastle right now, Newcastle have just gone from their longest ever losing streak mm. into their longest ever winning streak back to back. Like, that's their longest streaks in a decade because, mm. in a, in some shape or form, something happened in, in January and, oh, okay, let's uh, spend a little bit of money. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, I'm not saying Arsenal are, are pleading poverty or whatnot, but a lot of times in football, you don't get to see the final product, right? You don't get to see the end plan. we have had Arsene Wenger here say, you know, he didn't quite, there's there's at least one missing Arsene Wenger Arsenal side. There's at least one missing uh, Alex Ferguson, Manchester United team. There's at least one missing Pochettino Spurs team where certain parts didn't come in at a certain way of the ways. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting watching Mikel Arteta get the time, get the space, get Past that weird bit, because every manager has that weird bit where you're going, nah, 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 bin it off, bin it off. It's not working. You're not going to get top four. You're not going to. You're not going to achieve your goals. Let's just let's just poo poo this. And here's your P45. And there's definitely points this season where looking at Arsenal, you're going, what are you doing? Yeah. But he's fixed it. I mean, Aaron Ramsdale. Well, that's what they
3: said with Aaron Ramsdale, with we um, said too weird. Tommy Yasu, you know what I mean? With Tommy Yasu, you know, the, the, the way that um, the way that, that he was lambasted, um, people laughed at us, in fact, um, with, with the signings. You know, everybody, even with the, the Oba, everything was happening with Oba. We saw mm-hmm. what happened before with, with us. He's had to clear out a lot of stuff that we don't know what what's gone on. But like, you know, he's done it you know, even with the Oba, we, we need goals. Yeah. But he's got rid of Oba, we now see that Oba has, has got goals in him because he can't stop scoring. <laughs> he's slurring. having fun in Spain. <laughs> he's having so much fun, obviously he needs the heat. But the fact is, is that Mikel makes decisions for the club and for the team. hmm And like, whatever, whatever Arsenal say and whatever people say and like I say, we are, for me, we're, we're on course. We're on course for six, like I said. He, we now, I can see what we're trying to do. He's bought, obviously he's bought young. We've got a lot of high ceilings on some of our players. Our players could go and be whatever they want to be. He's got a style of play where somewhere now, and hopefully in the summer, um, more things will happen that can bolt onto this team and what this mm-hmm. team's going to try and do and continue to go forward. Whereas then you look at Man United and like for the last four years, they're saying the same things. So, what they're going to they're gonna do exactly the same thing again. They're gonna, are, are they going to get the defender? Are they going to get that midfielder finally? Are they going to get a striker that they can say, that's the striker, not Cristiano Ronaldo, who's going to be here for we don't know how long because we're already hearing stuff like, is he even going to be there at the end of the season? What's going on? Cavani's whole vibe has changed since Cristiano Ronaldo's come. You know what I mean? Everything's kind of been skewed by the way things have turned out since Cristiano's come there. And Man United look to me like they still got unbelievable players, but I still don't know what the main, what the main, what the main, like, like obviously the interim manager, I don't know what the the system is. I don't know what the formation Mm -hmm. is. I don't know. You know, it's still exactly the same and it shouldn't be like that at this stage. And I still believe that with what they've got can't they could still finish fourth just because of the players they've got.
2: I got a wonderful piece of advice a couple of years ago. Um, so at the start of every year, I'm, I write like a little note in my phone and it just says, good things that have happened this year. And as it goes over, I always I add that. nice, I always write, you know, oh, well done. Wow. I've done this. I've done this. I've done mm. this. Because uh, my friend told me in life, bad things often happen in like big, discreet moments, right? Mm. So you know, you're making breakfast and, and you, you drop a plate and, ah, mm. yes. that's a really obvious bad thing in my day. Or you burn, you burn your tongue on your coffee. Like you miss <laughs> your bus. <laughs> like they happen in that bad things are really clear and obvious, VAR, blah, blah, blah. Whereas good mm. things often happen slowly, like grains of sand. Mm-hmm. And you only really notice that you've done a good thing after it's happened and it's not like that one crash bang oh that amazing thing's happened so, oh yeah three weeks of really hard work's paid off i finally learned how to do that song mm. i finally learned how to do this and this is why we always talk about man united because you're always expecting them to click you're always expecting that big yeah. huge game against mm. the top tier opposition and it happens and mm. it just stays there whereas i think the thing about arsenal is the good things just happen slowly over time mm. They slowly figured out that defence. They slowly figured out passing from the back. They slowly figured mm. out goals from midfield. And now they're, mm. sl- you know, they're going to slowly figure out what they're going to do with, with striking. And that's mm. why it's so weird in a Premier League now where what your average manager gets 18 months in charge. Mm. Thomas Tusha was top 10 for managers in charge in the Premier League already. Every, I think there's maybe three, I think 10 teams in the Premier League this season have changed managers from their manager at the start of last season already. And that, that's why Arsenal is so weird. It's not. I understand, I understand waiting for someone to click. I understand, you, you know, looking at United and going, well, they've got a £50 million player there, there's a £73 million player there. any point in time, they're going to put it top bins.
0: It's going to work, yeah. Cohesion is is worth its weight in gold, my friend. Yeah, but, mm-hmm. Carl just drinking his tea over there.
2: <laughs> the global pressure that Man
3: United have um, of having to achieve, Arsenal have got the time to be able to do what Mikel has done. I don't think that any Man United manager in the current climate without the people upstairs to help him with the football side of things could come in and get the time to do what Mikel has done because they just won't have that patience. I think Arsenal Arsenal fans have learned that patience. And this is why, like I said from the start, I will not put this young team and this young manager and this young administration above them under any more pressure than they need. They don't need any more pressure. What they're doing now is brilliant. They're finding ways to win at the moment. And the reason why I said Man United is simply because, like I said, they've got players who are match winners. They can win matches, bam, just like
2: that. I'm not going to let you reverse jinx me so I'm going to say Arsenal are the favourites for top four instead.
0: <laughs> so you can play that game. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to reverse jinx you. A, a, little <laughs> Hun, a little Ryan Hunt. A little <laughs> Ryan Hunt. magic yeah, like, there. You know, what,
3: you know what it is? It's like when you, you see people they love their team so much they say no nah, we're not going to win anyway. I don't care if we win anyway. I don't care but you're desperate for your team to win and I'm not going to sit here and say I don't want us to get to top four but I don't want to put pressure on that team. I want us to carry on doing what we're doing because something is working. Something's working for, for Mikel. He's got it right. And I believe that him going to see um, Stan um, it, um, when, whenever he went in January, wherever it was, um, something hopefully will happen um, of magnitude in the summer. That's what, well, I'm, that's what I'm hoping.
2: Let's give it the flow. Top four is. Yeah. It looks like Chelsea's going to get third. Arsenal got a couple of games at hand. United just Yeah, but that's Tottenham,
3: Tottenham and Chelsea
2: though. And yeah, so it flows right now. Who, who, yeah. who do you who do you think is going to end up in fourth?
0: Without looking at the, their run of fixtures, which I haven't really looked at in detail, I would say on hunch, I, I think it's going to be Manchester United because I think they're just jammy like that as well. <laughs> and I think...
3: We've got Tottenham, Chelsea and Liverpool.
0: I think the Arsenal that we know, the the modern, like super modern Arsenal that we know, they're not ready for that yet. They're not quite there yet. Like Ian said, with what they've shown this season, struggling to put away teams. That Burnley game for me mm, was a crucial turning point because they were on a really good run up to that point. And it was like, Mm -hmm. right, lay down a marker now and you seriously put yourselves in the driving seat. I think the, 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 the win against Wolves the other night... And uh, the game, the Molyneux as well, mm. huge, mm. huge. But I still feel like United are going to do it because they're just jammy like that, and Arsenal have been one. Yeah, exactly. Bro, they also aren't great enough ch- as
3: well. The chances that, and the thing is, the people who you'd want to get those chances, Ronaldo and Bruno, are missing not half chances. They're missing clear cut chances, clear cut chances. That's not going to happen continually. So that's going to happen. They're going to beat a team four and five soon. Easily. Four or fives. Because them them two, it should have been four or five the other day against
2: Watford. So... United have have City, Spurs, Mm. Liverpool Mm. this month. And there's other Madrid in there as well. It's going to be a great month of football.
3: Mm. What can I say? But thank you for coming into the house. What are you doing for the rest of the week, Flo?
0: Uh, I've got double Arsenal women this week. I'm at wow. Borehamwood on Wednesday and Sunday. And I'm at the Conti Cup at Plough Lane. the Wonderful Plough Lane uh, on Saturday nice. uh, evening at five. So nice. a lot of women's football this week. That,
3: that should be cool. What about you, Carl? You you, you busy, bro?
2: I'm going to London later this week to get a visa for a secret mission I'm doing nice
0: secret? he's going undercover he's going, I'm going undercover I'm, going, I'm doing a
2: secret mission and it involves me to go overseas uh, wow night. and uh, I'm look, very much looking forward to being able to tell everyone what the secret nice. mission is
3: well we can't wait to hear it man just be safe with whatever you're doing guys thank you very much and we I'll will. speak to you I'll speak to you soon oh yeah, yeah. God bless
0: love you. God bless you. love you. love you.
3: Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Hopefully you enjoyed that show. Thank you very much to Flo Lloyd Hughes. Thank you very much, Carl Anker. We'll see you again next week. And spare a thought to everything what's going on at the moment. But like I say, at the start of every show, stay safe, stay well. God bless